This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me this week, as ever, is the headliner of the preview show, the main man himself, Dave Statman-Roberts. Dave, good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm well, Natalie. It uh, doesn't seem like two minutes since we last spoke. That's because it was only two minutes since we last spoke. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming thick and fast. They are. Uh, well, we, <laughs> they are. Um, we're not just a duo tonight, Dave. We've got a very special guest, and I'm very excited. We're a trio. We are joined by reigning champion and Burnley fan at Bennett Howarth. Ben, welcome back. Hello. I think I was muted there, actually. You were. <laughs> How are you? Welcome back to the show. I'm good. I'm good. My fantasy season's going less well this time, which shows how much. Yes, uh, we'll uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that later on in the show. But um, obviously, our regular listeners will remember you joined us at the beginning of the season to give yeah. us uh, all the hints and tips. Um, you'd be disappointed to hear that I didn't take on board a lot of what you said, and I'm not doing as well as I think you would have liked me to have done. So uh, we'll we'll go through that later on in the show. We'll, for sure. we'll see if we can change that. For the rest of the <laughs> yeah, we are. Well, we've invited Ben on to join us all the way through the show rather than just the fantasy football one, because it's nice to have a little bit of company. Um, because we are, of course, now discussing Aston Villa away. Um, so we'll have a look at that in the early part of the show. Um, but before we get into that, Dave, what a week. The Burnley won away at Arsenal. What is this madness that 2020 is bringing? We did. We got a, not only a point at Arsenal, we got all three points. It was a fantastic result. Um, I think the, the match maybe turned a little bit on the uh, sending off, although we should really have had two. The second one, to me, obviously wasn't a penalty because the ball wasn't in play, but quite how they've seen that and uh, not given a second red card for uh, for that incident on uh, Tarky in the box, I don't know. Um, but in the end, it worked out because it gave um, opportunity for uh, Ashley Westwood to have a sight for his first corner. It went far too deep, had his first try, and then when he had a second go, he got it spot on. And uh, who was there but our one to watch, uh, Abamyang, to get a, a goal? He's uh, ended his, uh, his mean streak. 
I absolutely, I quit now any suggestion that I'm going to bin the the heroes and one to that's the one to watch section, isn't it? That you've been jinxing us with all season. We've waited all of these games, but finally it's come good, and finally it, it's done a good thing. Um, but it feels a bit good being out of the bottom three, doesn't it? It feels like there's a little bit of a. Oh, <laughs> we still got you on mute. Ben. Oh, sorry. No, you're all right. Don't the point worry. said, but it, not Bennett. I didn't, re- I didn't realize I was being addressed. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's a huge relief when when we when we um, held on for the win. There, it was pretty hairy at the end, even against ten men. Yeah, it was. I was uh, watching from behind the sofa for sure at one point because I just thought we, we looked very in control, didn't we? But I thought this is Arsenal, and somebody's going to pop up with a handball at any moment. I mean, it, it's typical. I've. I mean, maybe it's me, but I've been to the Emirates because we live not far away for every every single match since we've been in the Premier League versus Arsenal. Of course, we've never beat them. Um, right, and so COVID banned. keeping me at home. <laughs> yeah, you're banned. You're banned from that fixture. You are no yeah. longer allowed. You know, I don't like, I'm no longer allowed to go. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, well, so obviously we're going to have a look at this week's game because we're going to go into this riding high on a really good away victory. Uh, but before we get to that, Dave, we have um, a quiz question that we need to set an answer to. I'm going to quiz... Young Bennett as well, and see if he knows the answer to this. Um, at the end of the last preview show, we asked our listeners the following question. Burnley's latest visit to play Arsenal was our 50th away league game against the Gunners. But how many goals did Burnley score in the previous 49 away visits in league games up to the end of the 2019-2020 season? Now then, Ben, did you know the answer to this? I have no idea. I'm going to go somewhere in the region of 78. Oh, wow. Goodness, that is that is way better than what I did. Dave asked me this when we got, went off air the last preview show and said, go on, give me a guess. And I really undercut it. I said 35. Um, mm. But we were both spectacularly wrong. Dave, what was the answer? Uh, we didn't have any correct answers this time. The uh, correct no. answer in the 49 previous away games was exactly 50 goals. So the one we scored, albeit an own goal, was our 51st. But no one could tell us or no one guessed uh, that the uh, answer was 50. Did we get anybody who was close? Uh, we had yeah, we had a few guesses, but the one who was closest, just one away, was uh, David Entwistle. He'd uh, said 49. So uh, commiserations, close but no cigar, but very close. Very, very close. That's pretty impressive, is that? Uh, well, obviously, we're going to have another quiz question for you at the end of the show for you to ponder on. So stay tuned and we'll see what little nugget young David has got for us this week. Opposition stats. So we move on to the preview section of this week's preview show, which is, of course, why we're all here. We don't have a show if we don't preview a game. And this week we've got two fixtures. So we're going to concentrate firstly on our next opponents who are Aston Villa away. It's this Thursday, the 17th of December at 6pm, which is live on Amazon Prime. Dave, why don't you kick us off, please, by... Oh, goodness me, we've got a three-in-one section here. We want, please, recent history, including last season's meeting and Burnley's last top flight win, please. Uh, yeah, well, our recent meetings at Aston Villa have been relatively infrequent. Uh, we've only made four visits to Villa Park since 2009-10. Uh, three of those were in the Premier League, and we've had one League Cup meeting, which was in October 2010. Uh, we were beaten 2-1 after extra time in that League Cup tie. More about that later. But we've won one, drawn one, and lost one of our three Premier League games at Villa Park. 
Uh, last season's meeting was an exciting 2-2 draw. That was in late September of 2019. Uh, Burnley came from behind twice to earn an away point. Jay Rodriguez and Chris Wood were both on the score sheet with headed goals for the Clarets on that occasion. Um, our last top flight win was the very last game of the 2014-15 season, when we won 1-0 with an early goal, although this was something of an anticlimax with our relegation already having been confirmed. Excellent. Highlights and lowlights. Um, so what did you pick for our highlight then, please, of this particular fixture? Uh, well, we mentioned that our last win at Villa Park was a bittersweet occasion as it was too late to save us from the drop at the end of the 2014-15 season. So we're going to go back in time a little bit further for this week's highlight. Um, and that was an impressive 3-0 win in the second division, which was during the successful 1972-73 promotion season. Uh, the Clarets were 2-0 up at half-time and the third goal came just a few minutes after the break. The goals were scored by Keith Newton, Jeff Nulty and Billy Ingham. And this secured the win for Burnley, who were riding high at the top of the second division at the time. Um, I'm not aware of any match footage of this game. So those of us who weren't around back then, which is certainly all of us, um, only have the old newspaper reports to rely on for details of the match and the goals. Uh, but as we now know, that season ended in promotion back to the top flight at the second attempt. Although our spell back in the first division would only last for three seasons. Now on the flip side of that, Dave, what have you picked as our low light? Uh, well, I'll lowlight this week's rather unusual one, and we're having to go back quite a lot further in time to a game that took place long before any of us were born. Uh, it was the start of the 1925-26 season. Uh, Burnley were the visitors to Villa Park for the first league match of a brand new season. However, there'd been quite a fundamental change in the laws of the game that summer, in particular the offside rule. Since the early days of association football, it had been the case that three players, including the goalkeeper, needed to be in front of the attacking player making a forward pass. But that suddenly changed to reduce the requirement from three players to two, which is more or less the same rule that's in place today. And back then, it had a fundamental impact on the way the game was played. Needless to say, the Burnley team struggled to adjust to the new offside rule, with the outcome that the home side romped to a 10-0 win, which remains Burnley's record league defeat to this day. Uh, Villa, Villa took the lead within 20 seconds of the kickoff. Uh, they were 4-0 up by half-time, and their scoring exploits continued after the break. They racked up 10 unanswered goals, with Len Kitwell contributing five of them, and Billy Walker also scored a hat-trick. I know it's not very good for... Uh, uh, for a podcast, we do have a little cartoon that was in the Burnley Express. It says uh, we were told that the offside rule would mean more goals. We never expected they'd all be scored against us. Maybe <laughs> maybe Matt can take that and post that when he uh, puts that on their social media channels for this uh, this. <laughs> show. That should be our show graphic for sure. Heroes and villains. Okay, turning to some individual performances, then Dave, who have you pick, picked out as our hero for this fixture? Uh, well, it's been a tough one this time to find anyone truly worthy of hero status when looking back at past meetings between the two teams. Uh, and so almost by default, we selected the player who scored the winning goal in our last away win at Villa Park. And that's Danny Ings, who's our hero for this week. Uh, such as our indifferent record at Villa Park in recent times, there wasn't really very much competition from anyone else. Um, but as with this, uh, all the selections for this and other categories, we do welcome your feedback. So it's, if there's anyone... Uh, you think we've overlooked or if you strongly disagree with any of our selections then please do get in touch and let us know otherwise we'll just assume that everyone agrees with us 
that's an assumption I make on a daily basis, Dave. Um, I have I have very little problem having Danny Ings as a hero for anything. Um, I do miss Danny Ings. I still wish that he was part of the Clarets, don't you? Yeah, well, he did fantastic for us and has obviously gone on to uh, to good things elsewhere and is uh, doing well for Southampton at the moment. Yeah, it is. Would you have him back, Bennett? Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, he was, uh, you know, when I really started going to games with my dad was, you know, just the end of Charlie Austin, beginning of Danny Ings. And, Superstar. Nice guy. Uh, I loved him. And he was so good in the community, yeah. all the stuff he did with the BFD community. And I mean, he still does. Just genuinely came across as such a really kind person as well as an amazing striker. I, I So skillful. I, I miss him and I, and I enjoy watching him at uh, um, Southampton. Yeah, Except when he scores against us. Yeah, he's one of those, he's one of those clarets that kind of always feels part of us and I, I do genuinely love it when I see him doing well and I just thought he, he's, that dream move to Liverpool went so spectacularly wrong for him. I just think that it's nice mm. to see him doing well. Um, nice guy. Um, on the flip side, then, young David, who have you picked as our villain? Uh, well, this week's villain is the only player, to my knowledge, who's been sent off in Burnley's past away games at Aston Villa. Uh, for this selection, we have to go back to the League Cup game we mentioned earlier. That took place in October 2010. Uh, the match was 1-1 after 90 minutes and went to extra time, with Stuart Downing putting Villa back into the lead in the 96th minute. Uh, just four minutes later, Mark Albrighton, brought down Wade Elliott when he was heading for goal and looking like he would score an equaliser. But he took one for the team to prevent the goal-scoring opportunity, got sent off and Villa went through. Uh, little did he realise back then that I'm one to bear a grudge. And so more than a decade later, it's Mark Brighton who becomes our villain for this fixture. <laughs> Do bear a grudge, for sure. It's the one to watch. Um, And then... Having a look at the newly redeemed fixture, uh, feature, Dave, the one that we can now allow back in there, um, who have you picked? Who's going to score our own goal? Who have you picked as our one to watch this week? Oh, yeah, pressure, pressure's on for, uh, for Thursday, <laughs> isn't it? Um, one of the main reasons for Aston Villa's improvement so far this campaign, after narrowly escaping relegation at the end of last season, is the consistency of team selection. Seven players have played every minute of Villa's 10 Premier League games so far and two others have made 10 appearances. However, those two, uh, Douglas Louise and Matty Cash, are now facing suspensions for a red card and an accumulation of five yellow cards, respectively. So we're going to select our one to watch from one of Villa's seven ever presents, who are Ollie Watkins, Jack Grealish, Tyrone Mings, uh, Esri Ngoyo, uh, John McGinn, Matt Target and Emiliano Martinez. But it's striker Ollie Watkins, who's already scored six Premier League goals this season from 24 shot attempts, who's our one to watch. Still is just 24. He came to Villa Park at the start of this season from Brentford for a fee reported to be £28 million, which could rise to £33 million. Uh, I think a few eyebrows were raised at the amount Villa paid, but he's already started to prove his doubters wrong. He scored a hat-trick in Villa's unlikely 7-2 demolition of champions Liverpool, as well as one against Southampton and a brace against Arsenal. However, he's drawn a blank in each of Villa's last three Premier League games. As with all of our one-to-watch selections so far this season, Burnley will be well aware of the danger he poses and will need to be alert. God, you're not half jinxed us there, Dave. That's everything that you've just said feels like a massive one to watch jinx. It really does. Um, oh God, I'm just in the first line of the next section as well. It doesn't even get any better for us. Um, go on. Who's the referee for this fixture, please? Who's going to be looking after us? 
Uh, we've got Craig Pawson. He's going to be the referee at Villa Park on Thursday. Uh, he only took charge of one Burnley game last season, which was the 1-1 draw at Wolves. Uh, and in that game, you may remember the home side were awarded a penalty deep into injury time, which they scored from to earn a point. Um, he was originally scheduled to be in charge of our game at the Etihad in March, which was postponed, as we know, ahead of the first lockdown. Uh, but he was not reappointed for the rearranged fixture. He's refereed 15 previous games involving Burnley since 2011. Nine of those were in the Premier League, uh, but we've just won one of those nine. Uh, that one happened to be the opening day of the uh, 2017-18 season when we won 3-2 against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Um, he sent off two Chelsea players that day, Gary Cahill and Cesc Fabregas, but his tally of red cards in past Burnley games is five, with the others being uh, Blackburn Rovers' Lee Williamson, uh, for a professional foul late in the game, as well as two red cards in another game, which was a championship game at Brighton, uh, where Romain Vincelot and also Ashley Barnes were both dismissed within the first 12 minutes. Burnley went on to win that game uh, 1-0 with a, a Kieran Trippier goal. I think we covered that when we did that uh, mm-hmm. preview show earlier in the season. Um, I'm sure Burnley fans will also be delighted to hear that John Moss will be the video assistant referee for this match. Oh, joy. Or not, as the yes. case may be. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's going to cheer up all of our Clarets fans. Oh, bring them down the mood after a fantastic Arsenal win. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Well, I know you're not going to leave it there, young Dave, because I know you like to treat our listeners. So why don't you delve into that big bank of stats and give us your miscellaneous Stat of the Week. I've gone obscure this week uh, with oh, this stat. Oh. I hope you like this one. Um, it's relatively unusual for football matches in English domestic competitions to be scheduled for a Thursday. Burnley have only ever played 55 competitive matches on a Thursday. 26 of those have been away league games, and out of those, we've only won twice. One of those wins was in a second division game at Nottingham Forest in 1931, but our most recent away league win on a Thursday was also our only one so far in the top flight. But that match also took place in Birmingham against Birmingham City in 1961, with Jimmy Adamson scoring the only goal in the second half from a penalty. Excellent. That's a good stat. So 1-0 with a penalty. We'll settle for that, won't we? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Deal. Um, well, before we have a quick look in, in the panel to see what we think about the trip to Villa, we caught up with Cole Patton, who's from Talk Aston Villa, to get his views ahead of the game. Opposition view. Hey there, Burnley fans. Cole here from the 7500 Holtcast, an Aston Villa-based podcast. I've been asked by the lovely gentleman over at No Nay Never to give you my thoughts um, ahead of the match on Thursday at Villa Park. So just to kind of give you a kind of brief synopsis of Villa's season so far, from my standpoint, um, it's been a very positive season so far. Um, from our perspective, I mean, heck, anything is more positive than leaving it down to the last day of last season to maintain your Premier League status. So anything above that is just joyous for me personally. Um, it's been fantastic with the additions of uh, Ross Barkley, Ollie Watkins up front. Uh, Matty Cash has been a very um, unexpected addition, but a very worthy one, um, at least at right back. And yeah, Team Uni has been fantastic. Jack Grealish has taken a, another step forward into what seems to be a very promising career. Uh, eventually, I can see him, of course, moving on to the next level, uh, winning titles and trophies as such but no very very pleased with our season of course um 
overall perspective, it's been a very interesting one. Last season, we couldn't seem to uh, beat a traditional top six side until, of course, we faced Arsenal near the end of the season and finally got that much-needed win that ultimately was one of the major factors why we stayed up. Um, And this season, we just seem to basically, um, in bold terms, trounce them. I mean, uh, 7-2 over Liverpool, uh, 3-0 over Arsenal, 1-0 over Leicester. Um, We don't seem to have issues against those sides, and of course, more recently, a 1-0 smash-and-grab effort over Wolves um, this past weekend. Um, But your Brightons, um, your West Ham Uniteds, to be fair, who are playing as well, um, and Southampton, who seem to be a major outlier, are playing extremely well. Um, we seem to really struggle against those ga- with those games, so it'll be very interesting to see um, what happens on Thursday against Burnley. Of course, you guys just beat Arsenal 1-0 at time of recording literally just minutes ago. I wanted to make sure that was uh, done before I made any comments, so of course that brings you guys out of the relegation zone. I think it's what, one loss in your last five, turning things around, um, having more healthy squad players are coming back from injury. We Everyone knows how Burnley plays. They're very physical, uh, very slim squad, tight unit, um, play as a true team and very hard to break down. So that's definitely something Villa struggles against. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, we like to play a little bit expansively at times. Sometimes we seem to get away from our games playing a very high line at times, which has cost us, especially against teams like Brighton. But nonetheless, um, this is going to be an interesting one and another step to see kind of where it leaves Villa in terms of the heights of that we could potentially reach the season. And maybe this is another game for Burnley to look at in the busy Christmas period and say, Hey, you know what? This can pull us further from relegation troubles into a more comfortable position. Nonetheless, I am going to go for a, oh, a two, one Villa win. It's always been a tight one between Burnley and Villa. I think it's what two wins to Villa, one win to Burnley and three draws. So I'll go two, one Villa, um, I just think the way that we're trending right now, it's going to be maybe a little bit too much, but nonetheless, I'm sure it'll be an interesting game. Nonetheless, of course, thank you to the guys at No Name Never uh, for having me on. It's been great. And yeah, let's hope for a Villa win. So I'll come to you first, Bennett. How are you feeling about Thursday's match? It's going to be quite a difficult one, isn't it, really? to take. You know, How are we going to take that momentum of the Arsenal game and, and you know transfer it to, to playing, I'd say, quite a tricky fixture away at Villa? Yeah, I think it's definitely a tricky fixture, the way they've played this year. And, I mean, they demolished us at home last year, I remember. Greeley yeah. was incredible that day. But um, I'm quietly optimistic just from the way Villa have played this season. They've been very good against the big boys. You know, you mentioned Watkins, especially 7-2 at Liverpool and the two goals at Arsenal. And they've not done quite so well with the teams. They, you know, the teams, well, who are usually around them, although they're second in the table or something at the moment. Um, so I, I'm quietly optimistic we might take something off them, especially with those those suspensions. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think for me, Ben, I think... Uh, I'm really pleased with how much we started to settle down a bit and starting to look like our old selves again, particularly with Ben Mee coming back into the side. I think that can't be underestimated. But I'm still a little frustrated by the lack of chances we're creating. What would you do? What would you? And I think we're going to have to create more. We have to score more against a Villa side. Would you leave it as is with Wood and Jay up front, or would you? How would we try and get more goals out of this game? I don't really see that we have a huge amount of other options. I mean, obviously, what you ideally do is 
throw in Messi or something in midfield, but we don't have that that talent bank. Um, I think, like you say, I'm pleased to see us pulling together and the way we defended against Arsenal was much more impressive than what we've seen in recent weeks. And I thought we created the odd chance, which is the way we've survived in the Premier League these days. And I, I do think it's important we, we're careful what we wish for. We, yeah. we know what we are, which is, and I'm proud to say this very proudly, a fantastically organised team who, in being organised, play some very good attacking football at times. But we don't, we don't win games five nil, and we don't, you know, that's that's not the way we set out to play football. Um, and you know, I think if the Deitch was to start trying to do that, we probably would go down. So um, you know, I'll take I'll take one nil. I mean, do you think it's fair, Dave? I mean, I think Ben's absolutely right in what he's saying. And then certainly for the group of players that he's got and the current cycle that we're on, that's the way we have to play. Um, How long do you think we can keep that up, though? Do you think there has to come a point where we have to evolve from that? Um, I I think it depends on the signings we can make. If we can make some signings in January, that might give us more options. I think with what we've currently got, um, the only other real attacking option you've got is maybe to start with Vidrov. I think he may be a little bit more lightweight uh, when he starts games. I think he, he, he maybe is more of an impact player coming on uh, later in the game. Um, I think Villa's a tricky one. I think they are they are a good side. They certainly turn things around this season. They may, as Bennett pointed out, that um, having a couple of players suspended might just upset the, the balance a little bit. That might um, help us on Thursday evening. Um, but they certainly uh, it gives them more confidence when they've got the points on the board they have already. Um, they're not sort of looking uh, behind them all the time. It takes the pressure off a little bit. So I think that's, that gives them um, a little bit more confidence to go out and play more expansively. And that, that sort of way of playing does suit them. I think they struggle more uh, when they are playing teams who perhaps a bit, little bit more defensively. So I think we will be um, perhaps doing what we did against Arsenal early in the game. We'll be looking to keep it tight. Um, maybe to score from a, a breakaway or a set piece. So I think that might be the best way to approach the Villa game. Absolutely. Quick score prediction then, please, Dave. Um, well, I've already, I did the um, uh, reverse uh, podcast with uh, with Cole um, and I predicted 1-1 on there. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. Excellent. And you, Ben? I'm going to go with nil one to Burnley. Oh, I love it. See? There you go, Dave. Positivity. Dave very rarely predicts a win when he does that, and they fall off my chair. I love it. Um, well, if you're reading, if you're listening to this podcast before the game, then you want to let us have your score prediction. We very rarely get score predictions in. Um, I want to see some coming in. Then please tweet us at none and ever, or send us an email at podcast at no, not at podcast podcast at none and ever dot net. Don't be putting rogue at symbols in there because you want your email won't reach us. Um, and we'd like to know what you think the score's going to be. I'm I'm going to go with a win as well. I'm going to go with a 2-0 win. I think it's going to be comprehensive and I'm excited. Fantasy Premier League update. So we move on to the second half of this week's show and we are looking at our Fantasy Premier League. Now, as we discussed last week, um, game week 12 is still in progress as we record this show because it's uh, we're still... You know, in the middle of it, so we can't give you an update. Um, so we're going to have to wait until the next preview show to update you on how that went. But instead, as we said at the beginning of the show, we have reigning champion Bennett Howarth back on to try and give you some insight and tactics as we head towards a busy festive period. Now, Ben, 
You kind of said at the beginning of the show that things weren't going too well. Where are you this week's league, with this year's league? What's going on? I'm not doing well. I'm about two million in the world at the moment. Where am I in the No Name Ever League? Hang on, I can I can have a little look here. Uh, I, I am 76 at the moment, which is not fantastic. Um, oh, it's better than I am, though, to be fair. No, I, it's, I'm, about, I'm about 100 points off the top at the moment. And mainly, I think... Um, I don't, I don't really believe in Spurs, and I keep expecting them to suddenly not be good. Um, and Son and Kane have kept proving me wrong, and that's that's caused me the main, the biggest bit of damage this year. Oh, okay, that's interesting. So it's specific players that you believe this year just back in the wrong horse. Well, everyone, if you look at their own, everybody has Son and Kane. Loads, loads of people have Son and Kane anyway, and I've not had them, and I've had a few. I had both the Liverpool defenders and, of course, they've barely kept any clean sheets and Alexander got Arnold got injured and things. So a few things have gone wrong. But um, it's a good time to come to me, actually, because you mentioned the festive, busy festive period. Yes. And on, on Monday, in fact, I think, it was announced what's happening with the winter break. And what that means is that 10 teams do not play at all in game week 18. Okay. It's a blank game week. And that means all of those teams then play twice in game week 19. Ah. Yes. So if you use your those magic things, those magic special cheap things that you told me about, which I haven't yet addressed. I remember you saying in the in the opening show that there was, this is why I wanted to get you on at this stage of the season, because I remember you saying that there was a strategy around the winter Christmas breaks and it, maybe internationals as well as to how you can choose these wisely. So if you can remember it, can you give our listeners a brief refresher of what the strategy is there? Yeah, so a sensible strategy, for example, this year. So you've got 10 teams not playing in game week 18. Yeah. But they all play twice the immediate week after, which is game week 19. So what I will aim to do is I will get, I will over the next four or five weeks buy players from those 10 teams who don't play in game week 18. And then in game week 18, I will play my free hit and for one week only get all the players who are playing. And then the subsequent week, I get all those players back and all of my 15 players in my squad play twice that week. So I will cool. play my bench boost in game week 19 and then I get 15, pl- I get 15 players because I get my entire bench. Every single one of them plays two games. So rather than having the regular 11 players fielded on the pitch, I'll actually have 30 players in one week this this is a serious points boost coming on here yeah so you you know you know you're effectively tripling your play time if you do that um you know so you know you've got 15 players playing 180 minutes rather than 11 players playing 90 so it's an incredible way to get ahead if you are on top of that so this is amazing if I remember to do this or I read back, the listen back to the podcast about three times and on the third time actually understand a good chunk of what you just said, then I could get away from the bottom. I could get away. From, I, I want to finish higher than Dave this year. Yeah, so I've got um, I've got a little nice kind of spreadsheet picture of the schedule. I'll, I'll, I'll tweet it at no name ever. Um, Excellent. And, and it just shows that, so for example, Liverpool and Chelsea and United um, don't play at all in game week 18 but then game week 19 Liverpool have Burnley and Manchester United Chelsea have Fulham and Leicester which looks like a really good double matchup um and so if you had Werner you could captain him and he'll he'll 
play twice, you know. So it's it's a big way to get ahead for sure. And that's my biggest tip really going into the biggest into the festive period, like you say, which is very busy. Yeah, like I say, I do I do remember that and it is really, really good. I think I think that's the key for for um fantasy football league. I think if you get to grips with the things like the bench boosts and the free hits and things mm. like that. Um, I think some people sometimes can be quite wasteful of those or do what I did last season and actually don't understand them at all, so don't use them. Oh, yeah, um, you definitely want to use them, for sure, yeah. at some point. For sure. Um, in terms of players then, obviously you've, you've mentioned Kane and Son who've, who've obviously caused you a few problems. Has, has there been any players this season who have surprised you? I guess Calvert-Lewin's got to be one of the most obvious ones yeah. out there terms of points but is there anybody else who surprised you calvert lewin calvert lewin i have to say surprised me he was the first name on my lips although i i I had him for a while last season because i've always thought he he showed the um the potential to be a good player someone who's really surprised me is uh patrick bamford oh yeah definitely i I don't know where that's come from Uh, you know, if you'd asked me at the beginning of the season, I would have told you he was a he was a donkey who you know couldn't. couldn't I don't think it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo, and suddenly he's, you know he's been banging goals. Yeah, um, he's got a lot of sets of fans that he's been saving up this retribution for, hasn't he? There's a, there's a load of us who've just basically been taking the Mickey out of him for years, and he's, he's trolling us all with his million Premier League goals. So yeah, he's another good one. Yeah, so he, I mean, he's come out of the blue being unusually good and then I, I mean I suppose the other two big shocks for me are um, and, and Villa have been very good but the other two big shocks for me really are how bad Liverpool and Manchester City yeah. have been comparatively um, you know Definitely. I expected them and backed them to come out of the you know out of the, the, the gates and boss the league like they have for three years running so I've had, you know, free Liverpool players and free City players all year. And of course, they've they've been reasonably average. Yeah, they have. It's, do you not think it's, it, it's, it's great for the neutral, but the, the title race this year is genuinely completely open. I couldn't tell you right now who's going to win it. No, no, I know. I, I, I mean, no one's really staking a claim. And, that, and that's, show, that, that's shown by the likes of um, Villa and Southampton being up there in the top four it's a really interesting league and I think the lack of crowds and the um the tiredness creeping in for these the top teams have had with Europe so many more games and such a small kind of break between the seasons uh I think it could it could end up a, a really unusual looking table this season yeah, it's exciting. I mean, and it's it's changed as well from the beginning. I mean, in, in the in the first sort of two or three weeks of the season, I was here for a straight out Leicester versus Everton shootout for the title, and even yeah. you know if they're both having. I mean, I think Everton, you know, I know they're a bit hot and cold as, as Leicester tend to be, but I've, I've enjoyed watching Everton this season as well. It's just a, it's got to be good. I, I, I've been saying for a few seasons now. I thought. I thought the demise of the traditional big six of mm. what people like to talk to them has been coming for about three or four seasons now, and I think there's there's room in the in the league for other breakout teams to start staking a claim. Um, and I, I really, I would love, a, I love another Leicester season. I'd love another non big yeah. side to win it. I think it would be amazing. I, I love the Leicester season as well, and I, I think I mean that's an interesting thing because we we've seen 
the top six collapse, really, like you say, for the last eight years. But yeah. the top two haven't, you know. No, that's true, actually. Yeah, they, they've, they've, they've held out, and then the, the other kind of top, you know, fr- third place to sixth, eighth place have been really up for grabs. But this season, we're seeing maybe Liverpool and City aren't going to be able to cut it like they did. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a great time to be watching football. Yeah, nice really distraction is. while we're all locked in at home. <laughs> yeah, it is. I've got to say, I'm starting to get back into football as well, particularly through the end of last season and Project Restart and the beginning of this season. I've felt very disengaged with football. It's been quite difficult to get back into it. Um, but I am starting this past few weeks to, to find my feet again and to, to start to enjoy it. And I genuinely think uh, a lot of that is down to this competition at the top of the table and the fact that the non-big sides are getting up there and, and getting in the faces of everybody else and showing some real good form. Um, I, I've been expressing some concern over the the Premier League brand for, for a while now. I felt that it was getting a bit tired and, and it was getting a bit boring and repetitive and, and seasons were just following the same format and I was getting a bit uninspired so I think this is just what we need um so Dave have you got any questions that you want to stick to Ben on fantasy football before you go any tips that you want to not finish above me this season uh well I think that goes that saying I'm going to finish above you this season it's uh I know it's a marathon not a sprint but uh you're way behind um I I, I think the 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 main issue from my point of view is the timing it's the timing of the of the chips you've, you've got your um bench boost Ben it mentioned that's a good time to use your bench boost but then you've got your um triple captain as well that's another one that's uh it's a case of when when, when do you play when do you play the uh the free chips you've got that's that's my uh main bugbear with it well so the thing i'd say with the captain is you only need one so there'll be many more double game weeks later in the season especially for example for city and united who didn't play us and villa in the first week of the season that's yet to be rearranged and so that triple game you only need one that triple captain you only need one team to be playing twice because you're only going to triple captain that one player um, whereas something like the bench boost is particularly useful for this winter break rearrangement because there are 10 teams playing twice. And that gives you the flexibility to be able to select a whole 15 players, all of whom play twice, and you can get them all on the pitch. Um, and the other key thing to mention, I suppose, is I suggested getting playing it with your free hit and then your bench boost in the double game week rather than the other way around. But that's because you can't free hit and bench boost in the same oh, right. So if, oh. you, if you've got players who play only once and then free hit to get the players who play twice, you couldn't bench boost as well that week. So that's why it's sensible to do it that way around. Um, as I say, if you look at the fixture list, it's, it's easier to get an idea of what I'm saying with it in front of you but I would suggest you buy players who are going to miss that first game and then play twice you free hit in the week when there's a blank and that means you get players who are playing and you don't have any players who don't play at all and then you can bench boost with all your players who are playing twice in the in the week with lots of fixtures and then triple captain can come later in the season if you see a week where City play twice and they've got Fulham and West Brom or something like that. That's the ideal time to play your triple captain on a big side who's got two small, smaller, um, weaker defences in one week. 
And I guess I guess the other thing in terms of basics as well is one, make sure you're checking your team before the yeah. deadlines, which isn't always uh, easy yeah. to do. And the, the, <laughs> Natalie, uh, and just just looking at your team here as well. Uh, the other one is not having too many players who are out injured. You've got uh, uh, Jimenez and uh, Luca Dinia as well in your uh, in in your squad who uh, are both injured or suspended. But how do I how do I change them when? You use your transfers. Have you got any, how many transfers have you used? You keep you keep getting replenished with transfers, or what you can do is you can you can get take a hit of four points to bring a player in. So even if you've got no transfers well, left, you can still take a penalty. I don't know to do I've that. got transfers. It there's a little box that tells you how many transfers you've got uh, above your well, team if you signed in. I am signed in, yes. So if you go to more and then you click transfers. Yep. It says uh, free transfers and there's a number there. I'm doing this now. Free transfer. Oh, it's not telling me where it is. The one on the left, it says free transfers, cost, and then money remaining. I don't know if, if I can find it. It's, not, it's just not telling me where it is. So you're not on pick team. More in the top. So or... At the very top menu bar, you have to choose transfers. Oh, I've got it here. Sorry. Uh... I was going in the top one. Yeah, it's not saying it's not giving me any information, right? So, because I just thought, I just oh, here we are. I've got two free transfers. Yeah, so you can sell two players and buy any other two players in the game. Ah, provide you've yeah. got the cash. I did not know this. So I thought that those four bench players that I had were the only players that I could move in and out. So that's why I didn't bother changing my injured players or my suspended players because the ones on my bench are also injured or suspended. So I was like, excellent. I'm so good at fantasy football. Anyway, moving swiftly on, um, Ben, that was a really great piece of advice for all of those. And now hopefully um, you're going to be giving our managers um, a lot of good tips there. And we're going to see points boosts when we get up, particularly around game week 18 and 19. Um Guys, if you're listening to this and you've got any other um, questions and, and things like that, we're obviously going to get Bennett on again before the end of the season if he wants to come on, uh, which I'm sure he will. Um, so if you've got any other questions or anything that doesn't make any sense, like my stupidity of not even knowing how to get transfers, then please um, tweet us the usual manner and we will put them to Ben. And I will I will tweet the little excerpt showing the the matches to you now, actually. Perfect. That would be really useful. Thank you. That'd be great. Statman Dave's quiz question. And then let's finally close out this week's show with your homework, listeners. Dave is going to set you a quiz question to have a look at for this next set of fixtures. Dave, ooh, it's a tricky one. Go on. What are you setting our listeners this week? It is another tricky one. I think I'm going to give people a chance. Even if they don't know it, they can make a guess. So uh, we mentioned earlier that Danny Ings was the last player to score for Burnley in a top flight away win against Aston Villa at Villa Park. But prior to that, in which year was Burnley's previous top flight away win at Villa Park? And for a bonus point, which player was credited with the goal? That is a horrible question. I don't even know. The only thing that I would say to that is I feel like that was a long time ago, so I'm not going to know who that is. Um, How do our listeners submit their answers, please, Dave? Uh, Well, the best ways to get in touch are to either tweet us or preferably send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at Never. 
uh, email us, uh, podcast at nonaynever.net, or you can also reply to the post that will go up for this preview show on the No Nay Never Facebook page, and we'll reveal the correct answer and who's the closest or whoever got it spot on at the start of the next preview show. Excellent stuff. Um, do we have any community news this week, Dave, or anything else that we need to let our listeners know? Uh, nothing new to add other than to uh, reiterate the ones we've done previously. I mean, the, obviously the calendars are sold out. Uh, that was raised a lot of money for that, and we'd uh, mentioned that in a previous show. Obviously, the uh, food bank donations are, are continuing. That goes throughout the season. So uh, uh, we've posted those before. Maybe Mav will put those in the uh, show notes again for uh, for this one. Definitely. Well. well, that is all we have time for this week, folks. Uh, my thanks ever go to uh well this week we've got um talk aston villa cole put pattern um so thank you for his input to turf Moor stadium announcer dominic walker for his specially recorded previous show announcements to producer matt um to special guest bennett howarth reading champion for his outstanding input and services to the known and never fantasy football league um but finally to the main man himself dave statman roberts who Quite frankly, we would not have a previous show without because he is a hero and puts all this together. So thank you very much, Dave. Um, We will be back um, at some point before the Wolves game. I presume that's going to be Friday. I'm not sure. We will let you know timings. It's a bit of a funny week this week. Um, We wait eagerly for tomorrow's announcement. It's currently Tuesday the 15th of December. We wait with fingers crossed to see whether or not we do manage to get Lancashire into Tier 2 and we will have fans back at Turf Moor on the 21st of December. I keep everything crossed that that will be the case. Um, But in the meantime, listeners, stay safe. Um, Wear a mask where you can. Um, Please look after yourselves and your loved ones. Um, And if anybody's feeling particularly isolated during this very difficult time um, and just wants a friendly ear to talk to or wants to talk about clarets or anything else that you want to then our lines are always open you can tweet us at known and never or you can send us an email at podcast at net. we love being pen pals you know a lot of our listeners do write to us over email and we do respond back we've got into some lovely correspondence with them so if you want to have a chat you know where to find us um and we will see you next time um in the meantime i've been natalie bromley this has been the preview show until next time Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.